Welcome to Jesus Without Religion. I'm Mike Sinar, your host, and I'm glad you're joining us today as we discover Jesus through the filter of grace. If you are a Christian, you are about to see the love of Christ like you've never seen before. Never again will you fear God or feel that you are inadequate or not deeply loved by Him. We know some people call that a license to sin, but as we go through this series, you're actually going to find out that soaking in God's kindness and total forgiveness of all sin, yes, all sin, is the only prescription that will actually lead you away from the disease. Well, today's going to be a short podcast, and we're going to be talking about false prophets. We see this verse in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, tells us this. It says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So we need to unpack this a little bit. You know, as a grace teacher, I can tell you um, I've been accused of being a false prophet. Why? Because maybe we don't agree uh, on issues surrounding tithing, or maybe because we do not agree about exactly how we should be translating a parable or a story. Yet, at the same time, uh, we are preaching salvation alone through faith in Christ, that there's no other way to inherit the kingdom without Christ. So sometimes people can loosely uh, throw around these terms, false prophets, that you don't agree with me, you're a false prophet. So I would be very concerned uh, and sort of pay very close attention to people who are tossing out the word false prophets because I think it's sometimes abused as a way of saying, well, I called you a false prophet, so I'm right, you're wrong, I win the debate. Not quite. So... Let's talk momentarily about these uh, false prophets. Again, it comes out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. But there's a little context that happens before this. And it it starts talking about this wide gate and this narrow gate. Now, I want to dissect this very carefully so we can all walk away saying, Ah, I get it. I now know who the false prophets are. Um, First of all, who is Matthew addressing in this letter? Well, Matthew was addressing Jewish people, okay? Very important that we understand the audience first, because this narrow gate stuff has been wildly abused uh, as a way of putting Christians uh, under guilt and condemnation. And that is not at all what Matthew was attempting to do here. So again, he's got this letter, Um, He's writing Jewish people. Now, if we were to read the letter of Matthew, what do we see? Do we see a bunch of uh, Jewish people chasing after Jesus Christ, calling him Lord and uh, identifying him as the Son of God, the Savior of the world? Or do we see a bunch of Jewish people who are about to hang Jesus on a cross They're rejecting him. They're calling him names. They're going to kill him, right? And 
Rather than chasing after Christ as Messiah, they're chasing after what? For righteousness. Well, they're chasing after the law. They're chasing after human performance. They're chasing after uh, the blood of animals, of bulls and goats, right? They're chasing after the temple. So with that context in mind, we now read Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 13. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. Now, let's think about this. Enter through the narrow gate. He's telling you to enter through the narrow gate because there's a gate that is wide and the gate that is wide and it's broad, like really easy to go through, that leads to destruction. Now, do you think these Jewish people who are about to hang Christ on a cross, do you think they're going through the recommended gate? Because if they are, why is, G, why, was, why is Jesus saying this to them? What is the point of Jesus telling a bunch of Jewish people to enter through the narrow gate if that's the one they're going through? You know, these are the guys who are pounding their chest. They're living upright. They're praying out in the, uh, praying out in the synagogues. I mean, they've got it made. They've got religion dialed in. They swear their performance is amazing. But they're being told to enter through the narrow gate because apparently they're going through this wide gate. Uh, And apparently, as the verse continues, he says, and there are many who enter through it. Now, we're going to get a description of this narrow gate. In verse 14, he says, for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life. Now, what gate would lead to life? Would it be law-keeping or would it be Christ? The, the scriptures certainly do not teach us that law-keeping does it. The scriptures tell us that no one, I say no one, will be found righteous through the law. It tells us no one comes to the Father except through Christ. The law came in that sin would increase. And the verse concludes by saying, and there are few who find it, who find this narrow gate that leads to life. Now, few isn't talking about you and me, brothers and sisters in Christ. He's talking to Jewish people, Jewish people who are chasing after the wide gate, the wide and broad gate. They're chasing after the law. That's why few will find it. It's few Jewish people that are going to find life because they're choosing the wrong gate. They're choosing the wrong system, right? So this is the context here. So it could be said like this, Jewish people, you guys are trying to get right with God through the law. Let me encourage you to enter through the narrow gate, right? The gate you guys are chasing, it's wide, it's broad, right? And you're all chasing that. And I'm telling you, it leads to destruction. And there are many of you Jewish people who are trying to enter through it because you're rejecting me. For I tell you that the gate is narrow, the gate that leads to life. It's narrow and the way is constricted. That's the gate that leads to life. 
and that's me. And you guys aren't chasing after me. And as a result, there are few of you who are going to find it. So that's the context. So who then, then it continues after that. Then, you know, the next line is, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Who would that be today? What did these people look like? Well, let me tell you what they do look like. They look very religious and ominous. Look at me pounding my chest. I'm really doing everything right. You need to be like me. A false prophet is someone who pushes any outward performance or any way. Let me reframe that. A false prophet is someone who pushes any way to heaven, any way to the Father, except, and I mean exclusively, and only through Christ. So what do I mean by that? A false prophet is someone who says, it's good that you know Jesus, yeah, but you need to be water baptized before you can actually be saved. That person is a liar, and that person is a false prophet. A false prophet would be someone that says, yes, it's good that you have Jesus, but, there's always a but, it's Jesus plus. There's something else that you need to do. It's great that you've called on Jesus, that you've believed in him, but you also need to ask for forgiveness. Now remember, we already have forgiveness. Once Once we're in Christ and we have called on the name of the Lord, we don't Activate our forgiveness sin by sin by sin. Here's another false prophet speaking in tongues. It's great you have Christ, but you need to prove it with evidence of speaking in tongues. Here's another one repenting outwardly. It's good that you have Christ, but if you sin and you keep doing it, you're going to lose your salvation. Okay? Guys, is water baptism good? Yeah. Asking for forgiveness, wonderful. Let's agree with God and say that sin is bad. Talking in tongues, if you have the gift, that's wonderful. Most of those people, I hate to say it, are frauds. Uh, I believe the the gift does exist, uh, but not the way it's being abused uh, today. Repent outwardly from outward sin? Of course, 100%. All these things are great, but the moment you take them and you attach them Uh, to salvation as a prerequisite for being saved is the moment you are now a false prophet. You're a liar. You're now taking people's eyes off of Christ as a means of salvation and saying, it's Jesus plus a lot of human effort. There are things that you need to be doing. It's called works-based salvation, by the way. So that, my friend, is what a false prophet is. Hopefully you uh, folks can take something away from that uh, today and recognize that anytime you hear the gospel message about salvation and retaining it, if you hear somebody add on to it, they indeed have added on to the gospel and that makes them a false prophet and you should be very careful about any teaching that you're receiving from them. God bless you.